Section 5 of Stories Without Tears. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories Without Tears by Barry Payne. Section 5 The 87. In the dining room at 17 Wilberforce Square, Southwest, the Sunday had received its midday consecration. Luncheon had been made dinner for the same reason that later in the day dinner would be made supper. We must think of the servants, said Mrs. Trope. She thought of many other things, of the winter sales, for instance, or of the present trouble about Patricia and Edward, but she never quite forgot the servants. The roast sirloin had passed away, the tart and the cheddar had followed in their solemn sabbatical order. Mrs. Trope and her two daughters had retired. There remained now the fruits of the earth in their season, walnuts, to be precise, and the decanters, and Mr. Trope. It was one of Mr. Trope's many good habits to take a glass of port after the luncheon dinner of Sunday. A silvery-haired gentleman of rather presidential appearance, he paused with the nutcrackers in his fleshy hand, paused and reflected. There had been an unwanted gloom over the dinner-table, and it had not escaped Mr. Trope's parental eye that Patricia, his elder daughter, had been unable to eat. There was to be an interview with Edward at four, and Mr. Trope foresaw that it would be painful but what could be done edward was a pleasant young fellow and old purden his father had been the intimate friend of mr trope edward purden under ordinary circumstances would have always been a welcome guest at mr trope's house but edward had been insane enough to fall in love with patricia trope he wished to marry her and he had three hundred a year was Patricia to be taken from the easeful and dignified life of 17 Wilberforce Square, Southwest, to be plunged into a penurious struggle and a suburban insignificance? Clearly not. I'm only doing what I know to be best for you, Mr. Trope had said to his daughter. I know, said Patricia, who was heartbroken, but much too proud to weep. But I wish you wouldn't. So he cracked his last walnut. Mr. Trope, being kindly of heart, tried to think of one or two complimentary phrases by which he might soften the blow to Edward. Patricia might go away for a holiday for a while, and he'd buy her a present. She had said some weeks before that she would like a string of pearls, and she should have them. It is not only the cruel who give stones to those who are crying for bread. The door opened softly, but Mr. Trope did not look round. Parlour maids are sometimes anxious to begin their Sunday afternoons as early as possible. Mr. Trope had observed it on previous occasions. It's all right, Willis, he said. You can clear. Just take my port through into the library and. But it was not Willis. It was Mrs. Trope. John, dear, she said. The thought has occurred to me that if we continued her dress allowance, 
four hundred instead of three no agnes no use she simply couldn't live on it it's no kindness to let her try when i married you i had a thousand a year and prospects which have been more than fulfilled there's a right way and a wrong way here's a girl one day she wants naturally enough a string of pearls which you may call two hundred and fifty sovereigns and the next day she wants to go off on three hundred a year absolutely preposterous of course said mrs trope i don't understand these money matters and never did i've been wise enough to leave that to you john i'm sure i don't even know how much money we've got but it is so difficult to know what to do for the best poor patricia she's gone off to her room and i'm afraid she really is crying this time and marcia you know how devoted she is to her sister is quite depressed too she just sits at the piano without playing anything and saying that money is nothing but a curse then she's a very silly child said mr trope presidentially and you can tell her so from me why bless my soul anybody would think i was going to kill the young man i'm not even going to forbid him the house not even that patricia will see him every now and then say once every three months i'm not obstinate about it if he sticks to business properly in another eight or ten years if they're still of the same mind he may be in a position to marry patricia and nobody will be better pleased than myself why i like the young fellow and i liked his father before him an able man old purden if he'd only have kept clear of speculation you go and see patricia and tell her things are not so bad as she thinks no engagement of any kind at present that's all i say and i'll take my port into the library willis will be waiting to clear the old gentleman grasped the decanter and his glass with great care and passed through the door at the further end of the dining-room in the library a bright wood fire was burning and a chair of seductive ease had been drawn up to it beside the chair on a low table were the sunday papers and there was still room on the table for a decanter and a glass mr trope lowered himself with dignity into the easy chair if mr trope had continued his usual sabbath procedure he would have taken two glasses of port neither more nor less glanced through one newspaper and subsided for the space of one hour into a contented and refreshing slumber today he had too much on his mind to be able to interest himself in newspapers they remained folded on the table but he poured out a glass of port sipped it and said ah what a wine it was it was not the oldest port in his cellar for he still had a comfortable provision of the seventy-eight which he himself had laid down he had known that grand and historic port the forty-seven but that had come to him from his father's cellars the last bottle had gone now the wine that he tasted now was the eighty-seven surely he thought own sister to the forty-seven mr trope had laid down the eighty-seven also thirty dozens of it 
but this bottle did not belong to that original lot it came from a parcel which he had bought at a sale in ninety six and although of the same year it was of a different shipper that wise man mr trope had decanted it himself the real port drinkers he reflected with a pious melancholy were dying out men that he knew were proud that they never touched it thereby showing gross ignorance and a poor ramshackle physique others contented themselves with that insignificant and emasculated thing a wood port we are a decadent race and the doctor is abroad in the land mr trope sipped again and again yes it was a queer thing that he should be drinking that bottle of eighty seven for he had bought it with the intention of giving it back to the original owner poor old purvin he had watched his books his pictures his silver his cellar dispersed among the people who had the money to buy them very good prices had been made and old purden was pleased all debt would be cleared and there would still be enough to give edward a start in life glad you had the eighty-seven he whispered to mr trope who had only bought it to give it back to his friend again before he had the chance that very night purden was stricken down and two days later was dead so mr trope in his habitual health was drinking his dead friend's port preparatory to spoiling the life of his dead friend's son but that was an absurd way to put it it was wine he'd bought and paid for he filled his glass again and back it would have gone into his old friend's cellar if death had not intervened he had acted generously certainly he had he preferred to act generously still well a man's first duty was surely to protect his own daughter's interests to protect her against herself if need were the glass of port winked a ruby eye at the fire the fire winked a golden eye back at the port again it was almost as if these inanimate things conversed together of course i don't know how much money he has spluttered the fire i only came to-day i know him well the port winked back a very warm man mr trope could afford to do a lot of things that he won't do mr trope extinguished that ruby eye by the natural process of imbibition but still that feeling of sabbath afternoon contentment due to arrive with a second glass remained out of sight his wife and daughters had been gloomy and gloom is infectious gloom of the very deepest pervaded the innocent and business-like mind of mr trope what did it matter we gathered things together an investment here and an investment there a few dozens of a vintage of this year or that but they would all be dispersed in the end by a sale resultant on failure or by death against which even success is powerless we may buy things and pay for them but they are never our own absolutely at the most we are only tenants for life thirty dozens of the eighty-seven originally and eleven that had been old purdens 
he'd never live to drink it all never and he'd no son to inherit it and girls didn't understand it oh dear oh dear it was at this point that mr trope asked himself if he had had his second glass of port he may or may not have known the correct answer to this riddle but he filled his glass again possibly the breaking of one habit caused another to snap for mr trope found himself wondering if it was worth while to cling to that last halfpenny till the last moment could he buy anything that he would enjoy more than the happiness of those he loved best the train of thought thus started took upon itself a rosy glow it warmed and pleased him he'd do it yes by jove he would and now he would close his eyes and get those few moments of slumber so valuable on sunday afternoons to those who have strenuous generous natures the door opened and mary it being willis's sunday out announced mr edward purden bring another glass mary how do edward my boy edward purden was a rather good-looking quite manly very shy and desperately respectful when the point was reached he put his case with most lamentable modesty and diffidence so they've raised you twenty-five have they said papa that's satisfactory as far as it goes but if i permit this you'll have to be very careful you see your income and patricia's four hundred together only come to seven hundred and twenty-five not much margin there patricia's four hundred i didn't know she had any money sir i know you didn't no more did she for that matter no more did i until quite recently but it makes all the difference otherwise i couldn't have listened to you not for a moment much though we all like you edward as it is living very simply you might be able to manage and i am willing that you should try the glass mary oh yes fill it and i think there is a toast we might drink and with that toast mr trope finished his shameless and irregular third glass of port and then while edward was doing his best to say a few of the right things that the occasion demanded mr trope rose from his place i'll send patsy to you he said when mr trope entered the drawing-room patricia had a book her mother had some embroidery and marcia was seated at the piano but nobody was getting on with anything and they all raised hopeless eyes towards the master of the house patsy said her father there's a young man in the library wants to talk to you patricia gave one gulp you don't mean you haven't sent him away if you want him sent away you'll have to do it yourself i think it's highly probable he'll stop to supper if you ask him prettily and if you'd like a string of pearls for a wedding present i'll think about it the next moment patricia was kissing her father frantically and exclaiming oh mummy and it can't be true and marcia marcia and the moment after that she was in the library then dear said mrs trope still agape with astonishment 
after all you're yes yes said mr trope i've made some sort of an arrangement which removes the principal difficulty give us a tune marcia if i could only play sing dance and yell for joy all at once you darling dear me said mr troop everybody seems to be very excited it all happened more than a year ago mr trope's habits have resumed their regularity the port which is now being taken into seventeen wilberforce square well that is some which mr trope is laying down for his grandson End of section 5